episode of Spawned is brought to you by Fab Fit Fun, a seasonal subscription box with full-size beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products for $49.99 with a value of over $200. Use code COOLMOM for $10 off your first box at fabfitfun.com. Hello and welcome to Spawn, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Liz Gumbiner. And I'm Kristen Chase, and we're the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. And on today's episode of Spawn, we're talking about women, mothers, and reinvention. How do you try something new when you're basically always behind? <laughs> Story of my life. And me too. <laughs> and as always, we'll close out our show with our cool picks of the week. But first, we want to tell you a little bit about our fantastic guest this week. I'm so excited. We are talking to Mallory Kasdan, who is currently reinventing herself as the host of the Milk Podcast, which you may have heard of. By the way, that's Milk Moms I'd Like to Know, kind of like MILF, but not. (laughs) But not at all. (laughs) Mallory has her own story of reinvention. She produced arts and culture pieces for public radio. She turned that into a career as a professional voiceover for TV, for radio. You might even recognize her voice. She's also a Brooklyn mom like me. And that experience led her to host a podcast, write essays about parenting, and even author her own hilarious children's picture book, Ella, which is sort of a modern parody of Eloise featuring a Doc Martin wearing pop culture savvy six-year-old living with her Manny in what may or may not be the Smith Hotel. <laughs> she was also a former book publicist and evidently has some great stories about accompanying RuPaul on a five-day tour, which Kristen, I think oh, your oldest would be really jealous I about am that. so jealous. Yes. So welcome, Mallory. Hi, Mallory. Hi, guys. Good morning. How's it going? Oh, We're really so good. excited to talk to you about this because it is a huge topic. It's so funny. Someone asked me the other day because I used to be a college professor professor and a music therapist and now I write blog posts on the internet. <laughs> so it's so timely. Thanks for joining us. Oh, I'm so psyched to be here. This is great. I think what's really cool about this is you talk about reinvention and you talk to so many women through your podcast about reinvention, but Kristen did an entire TEDx talk about it too. That is amazing. I saw the link and I'm planning to watch it later. Did you wear a little microphone? I wore Brittany one Spears-y of the TED, one? Yeah, I wore one of the TED Talk microphones and I was the only one who did it completely off book, no cue cards, no teleprompters. They told me I couldn't have it. And then on the day they had it. But you know what? I feel like it's like one of those things you can check off your list. And when I'm 90 years old, I can be like, remember that time I memorized a 12 minute speech? Amazing. So it's so cool. Yeah. Yes. That's really scary. Like I did a live event last week. I had to tell a story and I couldn't have notes. And I was like, oh my God, this is terrifying. I mean, it wasn't a TED talk. No one was (laughs) recording it for millions. But still, I felt like that nervousness of, you know, it's comfortable to read from something. I mean, for some, it's, it's not that comfortable, but it's even less comfortable to. Yes, when you're staring off. off. But you know what? It was easy because, and I say easy, but easy meaning like I wanted to shit myself right beforehand, but <laughs> it's that kind of easy. I was talking about reinvention, and that's really how Liz and I started Cool Mom Picks. And I know you've got a reinvention story. You know, like, were kids your impetus for bigger change? That's sort of our story in a very small nutshell. What about you? Kind of. I mean, I think what happened is that my kids started to inform my interests. You know, 
after I had them. I mean, at first, when I had my daughter, who's now almost 12, I was doing voiceovers and I had done some stuff for public radio and I had been a book publicist. I had a bunch of stuff behind me and I was doing well. I mean, everything was kind of where I wanted it to be. I was earning money from doing voiceovers for commercials. I was uh, not earning money doing um, public radio pieces, (laughs) but feeling really creative and excited to be making radio because I'd always loved writing and producing with my words and voice. So I was kind of doing all of that. Then I had my kid and I wanted to work because I wanted to get away from my kid occasionally. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't want to be away too much. So the voiceover thing was the perfect thing at that time to just really do only. And then she got older and I started to dip my toes back into pitching and doing some more writing. And then I had the second one and that just sort of like floored me in terms of creatively. I couldn't get my brain back like for a while. Once my son was a little bit older, like around five, my brain came back and I felt like I could pursue some of these creative things that I had always wanted to do or had been doing different iterations of them. So that's kind of how the children's book happened. Like I had this inspiration when I was in this trendy hotel um, without my daughter and I was picturing her kind of scootering around that really like very Brooklyn-y, very kind of thingy hotel. And it came to me that, you know, that's where Eloise would live in 2000. Except her name would be Ella because, you know, well, of course, everybody's named Ella. <laughs> my niece is named Ella. For our but... listeners who haven't seen the book, Ella, it's absolutely hilarious. We wrote about it on Cool Mom Picks before I'd even met you, Mallory. And I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. It is a perfect spot on parody. Some parodies you're like, eh, they wrote it for themselves. It's not that funny. This is awesome. Like, my kids love it's it. So funny. And they didn't like Eloise because they thought she was bratty. Thank you. I mean, she's a little bit nicer because she sort of has to be, you know, because she's a modern kid. But she's very like positive. Like she has a, a male nanny and she likes all the gay bellhops and the bouncer. Mm-hmm. And it's like a very diverse cast of characters in there. It feels like New York. I mean, yeah. I really like it. It is New York. Don't tell anybody else. It kind of takes away <laughs> any of the uh, like spoiled stuff there might be because she's so like inclusive and kind of cool, even if she's <laughs> a little entitled. You know, she's just having a good time. It's, it's it, She's trying to be inclusive because that's her life and she doesn't know any different. But she hangs out with all adults and, you know, she kind of has this crazy interesting life. I know when I was younger, I loved Eloise for that reason. Like, oh my God, she lives in a hotel. She has no parents around. She can just like run around. And this was that kind of idea, but with a little bit more, I don't know. A lot more modern. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, it's definitely modern. And I had so much fun writing it. I had felt concerned about my creativity. Like it was like dulled, you know, because I was so tired and my kids were taking a lot out of me. I had like a six-year-old girl and a two-year-old boy at that time. And I was really beaten down a little bit physically and just and mentally too. Like I was like, it is so hard. I would always have tons of inspiration when I was pregnant, like second trimester, third trimester, I'd start all these projects and do all these things. I don't know what it was. I had like the creative juices flowing and I would like pop out the kid and done. I have a theory on this because we've we've now had our site for 12 years and we've seen a lot of our writers come have kids, take a break, come back, get pregnant Mm -hmm. again, you know, (laughs) a lot of women like that over the years. And here's my theory. I think that deep down, we're all afraid of becoming obsolete after we have Mm -hmm. kids professionally. Mm -hmm. And I think there's the second and third trimester rush that comes from this probably not even conscious place where you're like, give me more assignments, give me more stuff. Like you're trying to prove your relevance and that Mm -hmm. you're um, needed and that there'll be a place for you when you get back. And that's my theory. I don't know if that's true or if that's been proven or anybody's written about that, but I've always kind of gotten the feeling that 
people need to feel like they're not going to lose themselves after they have the baby. Yeah. And you see that a lot, you know, when your children go to elementary school, I feel like there's a, a sudden rush of like other moms going, oh my God, wait, I need, I, I want to do this. I want to do something new. I want to reinvent myself. I feel like that happened a lot, like in those years when the kids go to school and there's more time and there's more like, it's not Truly. quite so yes. like man on the ground, you know, it's not quite so like intense all the time where you have to literally be like, it's like survival mode. Yeah, it is. And you know, you're you, trying to get you sleep. To, like, you just want to sleep. I, I agree with you. It's like total, total survival mode. And finally, when they're out of the house for a little bit, you're like, who am I? Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, what do I want to do with this? If, yeah. if you don't have a full-time job, I mean, and I haven't worked full, full-time in a long time. I was always a freelancer. I was a freelance voiceover actor. I was a freelance writer. I, everything has been kind of on my own terms, which was always really good when the children were little. I mean, it wasn't flexible as much as it was random, but I was able to cover myself and be around for a lot of things and also be able to break off and earn. That's a great transition point because you do a lot. We do a lot. Like we talk about how now we're in the days where in LinkedIn, you can't say you do one thing. Like everyone's right. doing a lot of things. And yep. I think in some ways that's awesome and gives a lot of opportunity and creative flexibility and allows us to try a lot of different things. But then there's that elusive balance issue that we've, yeah. I mean, we've covered so much on this show and we've heard so many different experts and authors talk about their view of balance. Like when you're a mom and there's all these things you want to try and you want to do, it can be a tough thing. Do you have like a philosophy or a perspective on balance? Does it exist? Does it not exist? Um, I mean, it does, but I feel like it could at any time, you know, blow up. <laughs> <laughs> Temporary yes. balance. Yeah, like you shoot to accomplish some of your goals. And one thing I've found in the last few years since I started doing the podcast and trying to really push that and also work on my writing at the same time and produce a second book that you need to have goals, but you need to have accountability for those goals. And actually I used to think the concept of a life coach was really corny and just strange. I didn't get it. I didn't understand why people looked to that for help, but I have a friend who is one and I had her on my show and she just clarified for me a lot of the idea of like stating what you want, figuring out you want what you want, and then being able to sort of like work towards the goal. I mean, it sounds so kind of simple and obvious, but it's not in tune with how I am in terms of like creative. But I found that being a little bit more regimented has been useful to me, like trying to copy a style of someone who's a little bit more businessy or goalsy, like some of these words that I would never use. Like I, I found myself like being attracted to them. I was like, oh, like that's how people get things done. Are you guys like feeling me oh, or am I just yeah. not? No, no, no. completely. And, yeah. Um, and what's interesting is that we've heard that frequently and, you know, we're this idea of like putting it out in the world. I mean, that's like super like hippy dippy, like just put it out in yeah. the universe. No, I believe in that. I believe in it. But I also think that can be really hard to hear, especially like we're thinking of the single moms out there. Sure. And people yeah. who are like, okay, that sounds awesome, but also, like, I've got bills to pay. Yeah, exactly. So what are your thoughts on that? I mean, like, I love the idea, like you said, of just kind of grasping onto the things that apply to you. It wasn't like a 360, but more like, okay, the idea of using different words to help me, you know, describe what I want to do, goals or whatever. Are there other takeaways for folks that can't necessarily be like, I want to be, you know, a movie star, you know, or whatever. Right. Well, they have to make sense yeah. for you. They have to be attainable. If you're talking about like having something you want to do that's a creative goal. Like a lot of people want to write a book or they want to write a children's book, for example. Like that's something a lot of people feel they could do. I think people feel connected to children's books and they feel that their children do give them a lot of inspiration. So they want to take those ideas or those feelings that they get from spending time with their kids or watching their kids and create something. And that's really cool. I think that 
people can, but it's almost like you got to keep it realistic. So like, if you want to write a children's book, you got to write it. You know what I mean? Like you actually have to sit down and write it. There's no secret formula. There's no like, I've got to find an agent first who will listen to my idea and tell me if it's a good idea. And then I write it like you got to write it. And it's hard. Like these things are not easy to do. They seem easy because you see other people doing them with a sort of. Um, well, it looks easy, right? Because they're just like, I published does. a book. You don't see it's all the struggle. Word. You don't see right. like every submission they made Correct. to like try to get anyone to read it. You know, like you just see the finished product. That is such a good point. We always see successes. You know, lately on yeah. Twitter, people have been sharing rejection letters and I love that so much like I love the reminder that the overnight success took 20 years I think that's sure. so important and I think you know as a single mom and as someone who's like you know had times in my life where I had to choose between you know buying the organic milk and keeping the lights on like sure. I understand you can't always just go out and like live your dreams and do everything you want there's realities and it can be right. really hard to balance real life with passion it has to be a finite thing like okay if one of your goals is like I really want to write a children's book, then you sit down and you figure out how to do it. You know what I mean? I mean, I really do believe that we can do anything. I don't think just putting it out there in the world and envisioning it will work. I mean, I think on top of that, you actually have to sit with yourself and, and spend time with these things that can often be dreary and dreadful when you're trying to actually do yeah, that. And it's not just writing, right? I mean, like it's starting anything. a podcast, starting a business, building an app, you know, starting anything. an Etsy shop, right? Anything. Everything cool that you want to do is takes a lot of work to do. It's not like these things happen overnight. And if you are overwhelmed and if you are on your own or if you are really worried about money, it, it is hard to see that as the thing that's going to do all of those things for you. I mean, uh, I think if we're talking about a creative enterprise, it can't be both a creative goal and a financial goal. Like, hopefully. Yes. 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 I, yeah, it's yeah. funny because I, I, you know, I don't think I've ever told this story on Spawn, but I wrote a screenplay once when I was like internet dating in the early days of internet dating. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-Tinder. I wrote a screenplay and it was funny and dark and weird and needed like a crap ton of work. And I brought it to a friend who was an agent and he said, okay, you need to ask yourself the question now because this has potential. Mm -hmm. Do you want to get it made or do you want to sell it? And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> like it right. was the choice. Like, do you want to make this marketable and completely change it and dumb it down so you can sell it? Or do you want to like go off on your own, spend all your money and like make an indie film? And I was like, holy crap. And then you know what? It paralyzed me and I never came back to that script. Hmm. So I understand. Like, I think this can be really hard. And also just the word reinvention seems scary. Like mm -hmm. we think it's this overnight quick thing. Like I always think about Julia Roberts shopping on Rodeo Drive, you know, and like yeah. when quick montage in Pretty Women and she like comes out and she's a different person. But like reinvention <laughs> isn't like an afternoon at the mall, right? Nope. <laughs> so what do you think women need to change if they're kind of feeling stuck or if there's something new they want to try? What are the first steps to get there? Well, I mean, I think you just, you have to have some stability in your life first, right? So for example, like if you have a job that you don't love, but you see yourself doing something more creative instead of that job, start building, you know, I mean, with the podcast example, like I really do, people gave me a lot of advice before I started it. And it really is one of those, and you guys know this, it's like you learn on the go yeah. and you learn how to do it. You learn how to market it and it's slow. And sometimes it feels really frustrating. And sometimes it feels like who the hell cares who's listening to me talk. But if you find the reason for why you're doing the thing that you're doing, I I feel like it can make it much more attainable in a way because if you're not doing it for notoriety or for the wonderful financial success that comes with podcasting, just kidding, um, <laughs> you can do what you want to do. So it's like someone said this to me because I interviewed a journalist um, on Monday and she wrote this great book about sort of the feminism of 
pregnancy, wow, which sounds really lofty. No, that sounds awesome. It's called Like a Mother, and it's a terrific book. I really enjoyed Great it. Great title. You know, she's a journalist, and she was saying she had all these questions because she wrote this article about breast milk um, for this publication, The Stranger, which I'm sure you guys know, Dan Savage's. Oh, yeah, yes. Um, yes. So it's about breast milk, which was really, really widely received, and that turned into this book. Basically, she was saying, because she's a journalist and she has a lot of curiosity about the science behind women's bodies and women's health, she could just call up other experts and ask them. And I think it's like the same probably with you guys, and even now with me a little bit, because I'm like a fake journalist. I'm like a <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> but I guess I sometimes feel a bit like a fake journalist, because I am having people over and asking them questions, but it's really because I want to know about these things. And so it's a great excuse to, if you're curious, like you can pretend to be a journalist. So like that was my impetus. Like I was like, I want to know these women. I want to know women I admire. So it sounds like for you, the first step was kind of just sitting down and seeing what was interesting to you and then figuring out what to do with that. Like you wanted to get to know women and then somehow you got to the idea of like, oh, I can interview them. I can have a podcast and there's like a low barrier to entry. It sounds like you kind of broke it down into steps, just starting with, well, what do I want to do? What do I want to learn about? What am I interested in? Also, what have I done? You know, I mean, I have a studio at home because I do voiceovers. I had some experience with the public radio. I mean, even if you do want to reinvent, I think it makes a lot of sense to see what your skills are. And they can be as sort of like, I make mom friends really easily. You know what I mean? I'm social. Like, I like to organize people. I like to make the plans for my group of friends. Like, say you've been out of the workforce and your life has been your kids. Those skills are really key. If you like to help other people, do you like to, you know, write about other people? Do you like to, you know, do you like to help people find dates? Do you like to help people find jobs? Like, are you a connector? I mean, I think it's identifying what you're good at. And if you've been out of the workforce or you don't like the job you're doing, what are you good at? That's such a great point because it's not that far off. I mean, I was a music professor and people always go, oh, wow, you're doing something so different. But I was always a creative person. I was in a helping mm -hmm. profession. I was always into community and bringing people together. And that's what I do now. I mean, I do social media. I, you know, like I support mom entrepreneurs. Like it's not that far off. It's just a different medium. Right. And it's, you know, maybe a more updated medium, a digital medium. Medium, but I love the idea of going like back a bit before you go forward and using those keywords rather than a specific skill. Like I know how to cook eggs, but more like I enjoy being in the kitchen or like I right. like I love the idea of like I love connecting people. You know, those are the kinds of things. Well, then you can say, OK, well, how could I do that where I would find my passion and, hey, you know, hopefully make some money. Yes, at it. I appreciate that for sure. It's also, I think, about being vulnerable a little bit and being like, I don't know how this works and yes. I'd like to know. So if you can couch it in a way that is somehow not annoying to people who are really successful, you know what I mean? To be like, I really like what you're doing. Can you share a way that I can do what you're doing? I mean, people can be a little weird about stuff like that if they're really, really professional, like if they've been doing what they're doing for a long time. Sometimes they don't want to share. But I think if you approach it with, I'm just trying to learn something new. Like I've done a lot of things. I'm confident in the things I've done, but I, I want to learn something new. It's like, I think most people are open to helping a person like that. Yeah. And I will say this also, I think most people don't know what they're doing at all. So I think having that approach where you're like, you know what? Screw it. Like I'm going to just 
try to do what I want. Like no one knows what they're doing. Like that's been useful <laughs> to me. You know, when I started my blog, Mom 101 in 2006, right after my daughter was born, the tagline was, I don't know what I'm doing either. Everyone loves that. <laughs> and it was literally for the purpose of connecting and saying, I don't know what I'm doing. I need more people like me here so that we can all commiserate together. And so like Kristen, it came out of not what I did know, but what I didn't know. Yeah. Right. Which is like that whole authenticity thing, which now I feel like everyone's talking about in a different kind of way, like in a branding way. But I think it's legitimate. Like most of us don't know what we're doing, especially when we become parents. And as we go through it, it's not like it gets easier and you're like, oh, yeah, now I get it. This is awesome. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I think initially there is this pressure to be like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm good. I got this. And honestly, really, I mean, come on. Well, it's good that you mentioned, you know, talking to other women who are doing what you like or that you want to learn from. Um, Last week, I spoke to Heather Cabot, who wrote an amazing book called Geek Girl Rising. Mallory, you'll love it if you haven't seen it yet. And we talked a lot about mentoring other women and how important it is for women to do that, because that's one of the biggest things that stand in the way for women and particularly women and women of color who want to get ahead is they don't have enough women like them at the top who are willing to kind of reach down an arm and pull them up and it keeps the status quo going. So I think there's starting to be some really incredible network opportunities and resources for all kinds of women to help connect them with each other if you do want to kind of reinvent or change what you're doing or get to the next step. That's amazing. What's it called? Geek Girl Rising? Geek Girl Rising. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to check that out. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I agree. I think that there's not enough. And particularly, again, if you have had a nonlinear career, which means like you've worked in advertising. I know, Liz, you worked in advertising and Kristen, you were a professor. And if you're moving around, you feel like, oh, what I'm doing doesn't make sense or I have a gap in my resume or I'm not palatable because I don't have this like specific linear thing. But as you said, like, it's not how it is anymore. I I agree. I do feel like the times have changed to to our advantage in that way. You know, like, I admire folks that have done the same thing for a really long time. It's not something that I could imagine ever doing. But certainly there is a place for that. Um, But there is also a place for people who have dabbled and who like to start things. You know, I think about Mm -hmm. people who are just they're just starters, you know, they just create something and then they move on to the next thing. Um, There are other people that can take the reins from that and give it longevity. So I I hear you for sure. Yeah. And we actually did a post that was all about those specific resources for people who want to reinvent. And we'll link it up uh, on Cool Mom Picks on our podcast page. If you look for it, I think it's just called like 10 terrific resources for women entrepreneurs who want to reinvent. And there's things like online courses and there's certain websites that we really love. And there's certain um, print and digital magazines that are fantastic for women and women of color so that you can kind of find a community. So Mallory, do you have any favorite resources that you found just on your own or through the women that you've interviewed on Milk Podcast? In terms of like community and yeah, that, just that like kind re- of stuff? like if women are just like looking for a change, looking for inspiration, looking to start a new job to reinvent themselves somehow. What's a resource that you like, or you know, a site that you think is great, or some networking opportunity? Is there anything you have in mind? Well, I'm in New York, which is not where everyone is, and I joined this women only workspace, which has been so cool called The Wing, which has like a super beautiful Instagram presence. And um, <laughs> very important in 2018. Well, I meant if anyone can actually like be a member of this place, because what's been really cool is like I work at home and I really like going somewhere where other people are working. Isn't- <laughs> <laughs> we feel similarly. <laughs> yeah. Kristen and I are no stranger to the couches of Vineapple on Pineapple Street. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a very nice co-working space as well. But you can't keep the dudes out, unfortunately. Which is, 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 I feel bad saying that, but there 
there is something really nice about being with all women in a workspace. I never thought it would make a difference or anything like that, but it's just a super respectful, lovely place to be. And so that's been really nice. It just lifts my mood. And I've seen other people I know there and I've connected with people through their portal. And it's just, it's a nice thing. I mean, in terms of other sites for... I guess like a lot of people that I read, like you guys and like any of the mom blog stuff that's honest about the struggles and also the victories of being a parent, like that's the stuff I look to. That's what I want to talk about. I want to, I want to be positive, but I also want to like be honest. I feel like people doing that kind of writing online, that's what I head towards. There's a lot of the mom sites and parenting sites that look too beautiful and too polished um, I know what it is. It's a it's a magazine version of a thing. You know, it's a it's an mm. aspirational thing, which uh-huh. is I guess nice to have that. But I prefer people speaking frankly about what's real. It's hard these days too. Yeah, I'm having this memory of Laura Mays, maybe who co-founded the Mom 2.0 conference, and I think it was her that she did a post on her website, and I'll correct this if I'm wrong. That she asked all of us to show our workspaces. Do you remember this, Kristen? Like real, oh, like yeah. unvarnished workspaces. Spaces. For me, it was like a corner of my couch. For some people, it was their bed. For some people, it was, you know, a really nice set up office. And for others, it was like crap all over the floor. Yep. I loved that because you really saw that like, okay, the design bloggers, you know, that is authentic for them. They beautify their spaces and make us jealous. And then for <laughs> a lot of us, it's like a big, crazy mess, just like what's in our heads all the time. And yep. that was okay, too. And there was no one right way to do it. And I, I, God, we got to find that post because it was so good. Well, That's awesome. Yeah. So with like Instagram and Facebook and all that and Pinterest, of course, I think it becomes challenging to find writing and especially images that support this notion of truth and authenticity because who really wants to show like I'm standing in my closet and I was taking a photo and I'm like, do I really want people to see this? You know, so it's like it's hard because people want to put their best foot forward on social media. But I think there's a good balance, right? It's like my my place is never going to look like super designed and like some of the people we love and admire like Gabby from Design Mom or Joy from Oh Joy it's just ne- never right. gonna happen right. but it's I also don't live in a pigsty you know it's like right. I think it's just like real and this is like how it is like my children yeah <laughs> like my children I know True. Lordy, Lordy. Um, but I think that's a good point like I think sometimes perfection whether it's about our spaces our writing our goals for ourselves our resume our bio gets in the way of just taking that first step towards reinventing and becoming what we want to be I mean I, totally. I have so many women that come to me and ask for help with their LinkedIn bios they it one of the hardest things to do is just write a bio about yourself they feel like it's bragging oh my gosh no men have issues with this, by the way. Men don't say, oh, I feel like I'm bragging. They do not. They do not have that issue. I mean, that's a huge generalization. But people are so worried it won't be perfect. And I'm like, just write it. Get something up. And then guess what's the cool thing about LinkedIn? It's free to go back and edit it tomorrow. Totally. <laughs> so I think sometimes perfection really is the enemy of the good. Yeah, I agree. I think sometimes you just have to kind of get started. You have to just see, like, there you put go. one foot in front of the other. Yes, get started. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's not going to be perfect. It was what we tell our kids all the time, right? Like, yeah. we need to say that to ourselves because I tell my kids all the time you're not going to be fluent in this language you're not your artwork is not going to be the same as a professional artist you know what yeah. I mean the first time you try so we also kind of need to take the messages we're telling our kids <laughs> and tell them to ourselves too every now and then that's you know. a great point agree and get out there and like if you want to be a writer go join a writing class join a writing group do it online you know there's there's so many things I'm thinking about writer but I hope you don't want to become a writer because it's really hard <laughs> <laughs> or if you do 
do you want to be a writer? Go out and be a writer and we will yeah, support you. Yeah, you have three you. people right here that can <laughs> No, help. I know. I, I agree. Can you talk about your podcast, Mallory? Because we want everyone to subscribe. And of course, you know this, but maybe they don't. We tell them every week. We tell you, Spawn listeners, every week that you can subscribe while you're still listening to podcasts. It's the amazing power of technology. You don't even have to turn <laughs> it off. You just click subscribe. It's so just easy. A child could do but it. talk about it. <laughs> elevator pitch us. Or even longer. Okay. Long elevator ride pitch us. <laughs> okay. I will tell you. World Trade Center elevator up to 120. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and go. Okay. So basically, a couple of authors that I had read, I felt like their work was so informed by motherhood. Particularly, I'm thinking about Jennifer Egan, mm-hmm. uh, A Visit to the Goon Squad. I don't know if you guys read that book. Yes. It really just blew me away. And I was like, that's a mom I'd like to know. And so I just came up with that name. And, and you're I, like, hey, it's an acronym. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so I started just thinking about who all the milks were. I started making lists. And then I had been palling around with the idea of a podcast for a while. And I just decided to make one. It started as mostly creative women, writers, artists, musicians who were making art about motherhood, how they mom or how they person, you know, in in spite of being a mom. I have, you know, older women, I have younger women, I have single moms, I have mostly professional women talking about what they've done in their life, how they've gone to where they are now, how they balance, what their relationships are like with their kids, with their husbands, if they have one, with their partners. I've interviewed journalists from the New York Times. I've interviewed creative directors, stylists, doctors, archaeologists. Basically, moms have a lot of awesome stuff to say and a lot of stuff that they've done. And you're kind of bringing that all together into one podcast. I think that's really cool. I liken it to going to a dinner party and sitting next to a really interesting woman that you didn't know before and getting to know her. That's my goal. And just to like celebrate other women because it's hard what we do. And I want everyone to know that we can still kick ass. And it's just so fulfilling. It's just super fun. And it's a great listen. Thank now you. our listeners have a second podcast to listen to after they finish ours. <laughs> And I know that our listeners can find you same place they find us. Just look for Milk Podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud or whatever you're listening to. You can also find Mallory at Milk Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter or at MilkPodcast.com. Did I get that right? Yup, you did. Excellent. uh, Yeah, come follow me, find me, subscribe to me, listen, write to me, talk to me. All of those things. (laughs) Do it all. That's fantastic, Mallory. Thank you so much. And hey, you're going to stick around for Cool Picks of the Week, right? Yes, I am. Excellent. Well, we'll be back with that right after this. So, Liz, I have been having so much fun with all of the stuff that we got in our new FabFitFun box. What an awesome sponsor. I know. And by the way, that unboxing was like <laughs> the funnest thing ever. I had so much fun <laughs> doing with that with you. Like, no pressure, FabFitFun, but send us more boxes. We'll do that again. Because it was so fun. It was like Christmas, like opening all this fun stuff online. I know. It's so, you know what? I always get bills in the mail because like that's what adulting is all about. So how cool that you can get this seasonal subscription box. It's full of full-size beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products four times a year. And like the value is over $200. I was just playing around with some of the stuff in there. I'm going to, can you guess what this one is, Liz? Uh, oh, it's the vibrating <laughs> Foreo face thing. Yes. Oh my very gosh. Good. Now we had an interesting discussion about that because we know it's meant for your face, but it does have a, you know, vibrating function, ladies. That's all I'll it say. It does. I've actually been using it <laughs> on my face. <laughs> yeah, no, 
know, that's a cool, cool product. But this and alone is so expensive. I know. And we the box it itself it's is like, only forty nine ninety nine, and we've got a coupon for ten dollars off if you use Cool Mom. So it's thirty nine ninety nine. Exactly. It's kind of crazy. And that Foreo product, I think we looked it up. It was like eighty bucks or something. It's yes. really it's yes. like hot thing at Sephora. It's really great. The other thing I loved is the um the microfiber towel with like all the cute pineapples uh, on it. Yes. I love it. I told you I'm trying to yeah. get rid of all my crappy logo towels from back in the day oh, and have like so perfect. I'm trying to adult a little at the beach and have some good towels. And it's so soft. My kids already stole it. Oh, and of then course. I loved there was like that little, you know, I mean obviously I love all the beauty products and stuff, but the lifestyle yeah. stuff is really great from the brand. So I got the little marbleized coaster that I'm using on my brand new desk, Kristen. And I'm using Ooh. it. I know you can use it for trinkets, but I'm actually using it like a coaster for my oh, see, water glasses. Look, that's what's kind of fun with this is you can do like what you want with the stuff in the box. And you know, it's like for me, I just feel like this is such a great gift for friends. I sent my friend a box for her birthday. Like Ooh. I'm known for doing those kinds of You're things. You're a great so. gift giver, by the way. But I mean, it's got like really great stuff. I'm looking right now like the Aromatherapy Associates De-Stress Muscle Gel and the Kula like SPF. But, like, oh, and by the, the way, brands, Kula, hey, yes. we just did a whole post about like the ah, best and did. most affordable sunscreens that are safe and Kula made the list. So that's also pretty Kula, Kristen. Yeah, so listen, <laughs> you can go to fabfitfun.com, make sure you use the code COOLMOM, and you're going to save $10 on your first box. The boxes are $49.99, but so you're going to get it for $39.99. You can get one for yourself. You can get them for your friends. If you, you have like a, a box. teen, if you have a kid going off to college, or, you know, it would be an awesome high-end care package if you've got like an older, like <sighs> so a teen going uses. to summer camp. So, like, yes. I, I am not kidding. I am totally obsessed with these boxes because everything in it is something you like. It's not like where you're like, eh, like everything is good and nobody does that. Awesome. So check them out. Go to fabfitfun.com. Make sure to use the code COOLMOM to save $10 off your first box. All right. So now it's time for Cool Picks of the Week. Cool Picks of the Week. And Mallory, you are our special guest. You get to go first. Okay. So at the risk of sounding like an infomercial, I love my Peloton bike. Oh. Yeah. We're both like, oh. So, okay, do you want me to tell you about why? Yes. Yeah, of course. So I don't like spinning. I don't like group things. I don't like people like yelling and telling me to like hoot and stuff. And I don't like it. I never liked it. I kept me trying. Me neither. To I'm not a joiner. Okay. I stay okay. away from that stuff too because I'm like, oh, you're going to make me do stuff. Right. Like, <laughs> you should be like, okay, I need to hear from you. Like, woohoo. Like, no, not woohooing. Not doing it. <laughs> but um, everyone in my family, my sisters, my dad, they all got this thing. And I was like, sure. Shut up about the Peloton already. Like, stop it. Like, stop. You know, when people are excited about something, particularly an exercise thing, they want to talk about it all the time. And you're like, you know what? Seriously, I don't want to talk about this with you. However, our building got one. We have a little gym in our building and they put one in there. And I think it is the coolest thing and the most interesting kind of disruptive exercise situation I've seen. Um, You get a bike. It has all these classes on it with all these instructors. They play great music and you can do it in your house and it's hard. And it has all these metrics and it has all these social media aspects to it. Like you can follow all the instructors and it sounds really weird, but it's just totally changed how I approach exercising and it makes me feel really happy. Okay. Isn't that weird? It sounds like we need this, Liz. <laughs> I mean, it is so smart. Everything's downloadable. You're watching these very attractive people tell you what to do <laughs> I on love a bike. It. You're, you're on the bike, but you could be alone. You can even be in the dark. You could be like in your house. It's just like really cool. It's a really cool model. 
I know, I know. I think that's cool. When I was at the Consumer Electronics Show earlier this year, Peloton, no kidding, had the biggest crowd around them of pretty much any booth that I saw. It was like the hot thing and people were fascinated with it and they were trying it out and they had like all these super fit people like doing demos all day and it was very compelling. So that's a great pick. Yeah, I I mean, it's not for everyone. Again, you have to buy the bike and the, but it does break down if you do like pay for exercise in any kind of way. I think having it at home and having it be efficient, like 30 minutes, 45 minutes, you just do it. You have no excuses. And it's actually kind of not terrible. I don't know. So I feel like it's just been a really, it's very compelling. Plus you don't have to woohoo. You do not. And in public. I actually woohooed like on my own, like spontaneous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that's and a selling point. The end, they'll be like, give yourself a hand and I'll be like, hell yeah, I'm going to give myself a hand. It's me. <laughs> So I really, I don't know. I'm very into it. It's creepy, but it's cool. It's a cool pick. All right. Well, I'm sold. Liz, what are you going to try to sell me now? So my cool pick is, and I don't even have to sell it to you. It's just the coolest thing. This is brand new, you guys. We got a super scoop on this. So Kristen, do you remember how we wrote about those mermaid tail blankets from Blanky Tails that like blew up our website a few years ago? Yes, I remember. Huge. They were huge. They were like the biggest post of the entire year on our site. That's how crazy people went for them. Well, they just this week launched baby sleep socks that look like little sharks and little okay, mermaid tails. That's adorable. They are awesome. They're so cool. I mean, the mermaid is cute. It's got like little, you know, cute green. Um, Everybody loves a mermaid, like, especially yeah, a baby exactly. One. But the shark is so freaking hilarious. Like to put your baby to sleep in a crib and a really safe, soft sleep sock that looks like a shark. <laughs> like he got swallowed by a shark. Basically, you're sticking <laughs> out of the mouth. It is the most awesome thing. I think it's going to be a huge baby shower hit. So um, anyway, they we just wrote about them. They just went up on our site at Cool Mom Picks. You can learn all about them. They're from a company called Blanky Tales. And uh, take a look. If you have any baby gifts to buy over the next year, I highly recommend them. I think they're awesome. And no one will have one yet. No one will have <laughs> one yet. You'll be a trendsetter. Okay. And mine. It's also, I just should say, it's just yes. also supporting a cool, small mom run <gasps> company. Course. Which we is love that. the whole reason we started our site. Yes. And really why Mallory started her podcast. So it all yep. ties back to the theme of the show. I so love how about that. you, Kristen? Okay. So I have been suffering from some like weird neck pain. I get this migraine situation and then I kind of get a little woozy and I figured out that it is stress and strain on my shoulders because like you ladies probably I'm on my computer way too many hours every day so I was like about to go to the doctor I was trying to figure out what medicine what can I do have an acupuncture appointment on Friday well I just used my calm app and I did two <gasps> meditations for like 20 I minutes. I love the car. I know. I was sitting in my car waiting for my son to be done with hockey and I am not kidding you my neck is fine. It really? is crazy. Yes, it is. Now, again, now it's like bugging me a little bit, but now I know that it's totally just stress and that I just need to like chill out, do some meditations. Um, it's a free app, but it's a subscription, but you can try it for free. We've featured it a ton of times on Cool Mom Tech. I, it is one of it the first apps so where I good. actually went and paid for the annual subscription. That's yes. how much I use it. Yeah. It's really good. And you know what I love? They just have like that little breathing thing where it just, it's like a little circle that goes around. It shows you when to breathe, when to hold, when to let go. And and you just do that a few times. Like, I'll do that on the subway. 
um, instead of you know yeah, playing it, a game you don't, or whatever. The thing is, you don't have really to do good. like twenty five minutes, which I think was right. the problem for me with these apps. Is like now sit down for your sixty minute session, and you're like, yeah, okay, no, you're it's crazy. A commitment. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. But this has like you literally look at a bubble on the screen and just like watch it and match your breathing with it. And you like Liz said, you could be sitting in the subway, you could be like in the car while your son's playing hockey. So anyway, I cannot say enough good things about it. Like I was like going to go to the chiropractor. I was like trying to like find more CBD oil and dude, all it was was a little meditation. So yeah. Wow. They're going to yes. need to hire you as a spokesperson. <laughs> that is some success story right there. Oh, that's really cool. Okay. Well, Mallory, thank, thank you, you so much. much. Yay. That was so fun. And thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Spawned. Huge thanks to our engineer, John Bowen. And listen, people, we love to hear from you. Where are your emails? Where are your tweets? We want them. Send more them the better. We like right? them. More, more, the more. The more, the better. And of course, more reviews on iTunes. And make sure to subscribe. You can actually do that right now while you're listening. Download, save our episodes. I don't know if you realize this. We've said it before, but we're going to say it again. It actually helps other people find our podcast. And we love more listeners. It makes us happy. <laughs> <laughs> and you want to make us happy. And we want to make you happy. Thanks for listening to Spawn. This is Kristen. And this is Liz. Have a great day. Bye.